listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Blacks are dance immediately under pressure. Here's Spirit of St. Louis letting down three deep. Nerano, heart forcing into the clear. Comes off cover. He's got something to offer as well. Speak the truth. Spirit of St. Louis. Nerano is starting to fly. Spirit of St. Louis. Nerano. Spirit of St. Louis. Nerano. Nerano. Nerano too good. Beating Spirit of St. Louis. Speak the truth. Our money rocks. Yeah, if you wonder why, he's one of the best young drivers in the country. Only I have to watch that replay of Nerano winning the heat of the Inner Dominion. Of course, Cam Hart doesn't drive that horse but just a brilliant drive uh three fence was an ugly spot chris but uh never lost momentum on the horse got off the fence and just timed to perfection this cam hart's a gun isn't he Absolutely, Steve. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Over a thousand career victories. He's only 24 years of age. He's he's just shy of a thousand in Australia. He's got some good success in New Zealand. As we know, he won the New Zealand Cup last month with Swayze, but in total over a thousand victories. And there's every chance that he'll break the thousand on Aussie soil this weekend because he's got some wonderful drives. Albion Park Saturday night. He's going across to Perth tomorrow night to partner my ultimate Ronnie in the Group 1 Golden Nugget. So there's every chance that he'll crack the 1,000 on Aussie soil over the next couple of days. And uh, he's going to play a really strong hand in this Inter-Dominion Grand Final, the pacing Grand Final, because he had the choice, Steve, Nerano, who we just replayed there, and Swayze, he's sticking with his old mate Swayze. He's had dual Group 1 success already this year. He won the Blacks of Fate, beating Leap to Fame, and he won the New Zealand Cup last month. So can he do it again? Yeah, well, Cam Hart is with us. Did you say he's riding, uh, driving tomorrow in, in Perth? Yep. Jeez, you won't get much sleep, Cam. How are you? Yeah, good, guys. How are mm, you going? Good. That's going to be... Uh, you might be a bit tired come Sunday. Yeah, I'll uh, definitely maybe go for a little Sunday nap for sure. But, uh, yeah, busy week ahead. But, yeah, really looking forward to it. And obviously got a couple of good opportunities to win some big races over the weekend. Was it a tough decision to go to Perth, given you got some key drives at the big night at Albion Park on Saturday? Uh, not really. Um, you know, being able to get the red-eye flight made me feel a little bit better about it on Friday night. So... Uh, hopefully I'll get into Brisbane nice and early Saturday morning and um, yeah, everything will run smoothly. So when do you fly across to Perth, Cam? Uh, yes, yeah, so I've got drives tonight at Penrith, but I'll um, head tomorrow morning about 8 o'clock Sydney time, so we'll get into Perth nice and early. All right, taking some cricket over there, bit of bit of action in the test over there? Yeah, I haven't really been tuning into the cricket, um, so probably just a little hit and run mission at the track and uh, get my my way to, to Brisbane. All right. The big question, the most obvious question, was it a tough one between Nerano and Swayze or were you always committed to Swayze? Yeah, I was always pretty well committed to Swayze. Uh, it wasn't really any decision there. Um, obviously, they both come up with good barriers. I, I guess if Swayze had drawn terribly and Nerano was in one, it might have made me think about it a little bit, but um, we both on some of Okay, well, let's break them down. We'll stick with Sir Swayze first, your drive. What have you made of the three runs during the heat so far? He scored on the opening night and then he was beaten on uh, nights two and three, but far from disappointing. So how have you graded his efforts so far this campaign? 
Yeah, I'm super happy with him. I think he's going as good as ever, uh, if not as the best he ever has. And, um, yeah, he's just had two, you know, draws that didn't really suit him, drawing one and eight in the second and third round of heat. So, but super happy with his performances uh, without having a lot of luck. I thought that he hit the line and ran through the line really well. So he seems to be in a good spot and got through the heats really well. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the grand final. I think he's ready to put in a huge run. Do you see that as a big plus that he sort of just sprinted up that last little bit last week or the last heat? Well, it definitely helps. Um, you know, having four runs in two weeks can probably take the toll on him. And, I mean, in hindsight, I guess it's, it's probably not the worst thing uh, that he you know, hasn't had a gut buster that last heat. And, Hopefully that will help him come in nice and fresh for the final. All right. Uh, Steve and I were talking about that during the week, and that might be the, the, the blessing in disguise, the fact that he didn't have that really taxing run on the final night. So he comes in a little fresh. He was allowed to run through the line, and he, he obviously felt strong for you. Um, just with Murano, you made a comment throughout the series that this may be the fastest horse that you've driven. Now, that's high praise indeed because you've sat behind some really sharp horses, but for point-to-point -point speed, Narano is super quick. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Um, you know, over that two or 300 metres, if you can save him for the straight, there's not many horses that could hold him out. And you've seen that, you know, with Spirit of St. Louis and Better Eclipse, both really high-speed horses, and he was able to get past them in super quick fractions. So... Certainly got that blistering speed, and you know, gate one's gonna, you know, suit him down to the ground. He's not gonna have to do too much work, and he'll end up in a nice spot either way. And yeah, he'll be using that speed late, I'm sure. And, and just to give that more perspective, that shouldn't happen, should it? Not as easily as what he's made it look uh, when you've been able to come off the back of the likes of Better Eclipse and last week's Spirit of St. Louis because they're really sharp horses in their own right, but he made it look so effortless. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it hadn't really been, you know, set up for him, I guess, both times. It'd been, you know, medium sort of run races where the pace hadn't been super hot. So, you know, better Eclipse and, and Spirit of St. Louis had plenty of speed left to run a good last quarter and he's still able to peg him back from behind them. So, yeah, he's um, pretty unbelievable. But, yeah, he's in a good spot at the moment and racing with plenty of confidence. Cam, I just watched that Blacks of Fake from earlier in the year. We know that Swayze beat Leap to Fame. Leap to Fame had that flat tyre the last couple of hundred. Could this race turn out in a similar manner? Because turned it up, went straight to the lead, then you took over in that Blacks of Fake. Could this pan out in a similar manner? Yeah, it does look that way. Um, pretty similar on paper. Obviously, Leap to Fame's got a, a front row draw this time around, but uh, I think everyone will probably end up in a similar spot. Um, I'm pretty confident that I'll be in front and, and obviously turn it up. He's got that electric gate speed and he may find the fence. Um, if Shane Graham likes to really come out hard. So, yeah, I think it's probably going to be a similar run race with some strong fractions through the middle. Well, the two obvious questions now that the barrier draw has been unveiled, and I'm sure you would have had a rise smile on your face on, on Monday afternoon when Swayze drew three. Most importantly, all you wanted just to draw inside of Leap to Fame, was that the, the key thing? Yeah, pretty much, Chris. Um, yeah, no secret that, you know, it's, he hasn't been able to beat me sitting outside me before and, you know, I'm not sure whether I'd be able to sit outside him either. So uh, to have that big advantage is definitely going to, you know, hopefully be the telling story in the result. All right. The two other ones since the barrier draw. Is Nerano any chance of holding Turn It Up? Nerano drew one last week. You were behind him. Turn It Up was get a, uh, was able to get in front of you. But you didn't really push Nerano. So 
Is Nerano any chance of holding turn it up? Oh, he's definitely a chance for sure. Uh, there's not too many horses that could, but he's very slick out of the gate, and especially being side by side, um, you know, obviously that's going to be Jack's decision and, and Jason's, uh, whether they wanted to try that, but I definitely think he's got the gate speed to do it if he wanted to. Um, All right. Yeah, see what happens, I guess. We just talked about your brilliant drive and we played it uh, last week on Nirana, you know, three fence and just kept the horse's momentum and beautiful time drive. I mean, could that horse end up in a similar position if turned it up crosses, could end up three fence potentially if you go to the front on Swayze? Yeah, that's probably one of the key scenarios that everyone's throwing up and it probably looks pretty likely that uh, Nirana could end up three fence and as we've seen in that last heat, he, he come off the fence and run a super last quarter to pick him up and yeah, he's definitely going to be dangerous late. and um, Yeah, he's obviously in the market now and rightfully so. The other big talking point about Saturday night with this barrier draw, so you're drawn three, leap to fame will start from five if the emergency comes out. Last week you drew one with Swayze, you ended up four fence. Is there any chance leap to fame could get in front of you at the start here? I don't think there's any chance at all, to be honest. Um, yeah, he probably didn't come out quite as good as what he normally does, um, Swayze, just from gate one. And I just gave him a little wake, wakening in the warm-up and probably just cost me, you know, time on the gate. He's got a little bit fired up and probably had him pressed on the gate a little bit. So I'll try and time it a little bit better, obviously, in this final. And um, just being a couple of spots out as well in between a couple of horses, he'll, he'll get out pretty good. And, yeah, from, you know, I think Leap the Fame's getting out of the gate a little bit better than what he was probably early days, but I still... Yeah, I don't think he's the horse that's going to cross me. OK. Now, have you allowed yourself to think of two things here? You're staring down the barrel of back-to-back Inter-Dominion victories. You won it last year in Melbourne with I Cast No Shadow. You're driving the favourite here this weekend with Swayze. Have you allowed yourself just to think about that possibility that you could go back-to-back in an Inter-Dominion pacing grand final? Yeah, not really. I haven't thought too much about that. I'm obviously just trying to focus on the task ahead and you know try and get the next one under the belt rather than you know worry about what's been in the past but definitely be a great achievement and obviously big thanks to jace that the way he prepares these horses for these series it's uh, definitely a big challenge for the trainers to, to get horses through you know three heat runs and then have them peaking for a final so very lucky that i'm getting to drive for a trainer like jace and the other thing too that stands out if swayze if you if you get the victory on Saturday night with Swayze, you're going to be crowned, or Swayze's going to be crowned the Australian Harness Horse of the Year because he's got the victories in the Blacks of Fake, the New Zealand Cup and the Inter-Dominion. That will give him the title for sure and certain. Yeah, you'd think so. Uh, some nice wins under the belt for him for sure. And yeah, it'd be a pretty huge effort to, you know, to win a New Zealand Cup the way he did and then travel back within a week or two and, and contest this series. So it'd be a huge effort and he's just a mighty horse and you know he's obviously the best horse I've driven and yeah just a privilege to be sitting behind him and yeah it'd be a huge effort by the horse if he can get it done on Saturday. Alright well that's the pacing grand final, the trotting grand final, you're going to drive the best bourbon for trainer Grand Forest but you've been with Plymouth Chubb right throughout the heats, Karen Manning returns for the final. Just to, just to be clear, you were aware that there was that possibility that Karen could return at some point through the series? Yeah, yeah, I was told very early on uh, when I was rung to, to drive the horse through the heats that Kez would be back for the final. Um, I think she was nearly ready to go for the first round of heats 
uh, she just needed a medical, so she was there about um, uh, a week or so ago. So, yeah, well, I was always aware. I was just happy to fill in uh, for Peter and Barb. And, yeah, they've got the horse flying. And, yeah, just really happy that I was able to, to partner such a good horse um, throughout the film series. Did he surprise you in any way? It's a ginormous task that's in front of him on the weekend, trying to topple Just Believe. But he's been brilliant through the series. That first night victory, running down Queen Elida, he was just breathtaking. Yeah, he didn't surprise me too much. Like, he's been such a quality horse the whole way through. He obviously dominated as a juvenile. And, you know, he'd beaten those kind of horses before. He'd won a great Southern Star heat. And, you know, he was there about. So I was pretty surprised with the price that he came come up on the first round of heats, I thought he was the clear second pick behind Queen Elida and, you know, he probably showed uh, showed that in the result. Just believe, is he beatable? Oh, it's hard to see anything beating him. He's dead set champion horse. Um, yeah, I was in awe of him when he sat outside Plymouth Chubb. Um, you know, just the way he, he picked me up and just looked so effortless. You know, Greg never asked him to do it. He just wanted to do it himself and yeah, he's a great horse and now he's come up with a, a good barrier. You know, hard to see anything beating him, uh, you know, barring bad luck. Can you run top five with the best bourbon? Can we put that challenge to you? Can you get the best bourbon into the top five? Yeah, I think so. Like, there's no secret that she's racing up in grade and she's probably done, you know, super to get into the race. But, you know, I don't mind the draw from for her. Um, I don't think a good draw probably would have been beneficial anyway with a lack of gate speed and probably can't rush her too much, so... I think I'll be able to just get him behind and, and rail up somewhere and you never know if they trot, you know, as hard as they did in Just Believe's last heat. Um, you know, the fence is going to be where you need to be. Cam, yeah. it's race five, the Intermediate Pacing final. How many drives will you have before that, including WA? Because I'm wondering if you could bring up the milestone of 1,000 in the in the Interdom final, pacing final. Uh, yeah, I think I got two over in Perth and maybe only one before. Oh, OK the Interdom in, at Albion Park. So, yeah, we How many can you drive there. tonight? Uh, I'd be happy just to get one, probably, but uh, I only <laughs> got the four drives tonight. But, um, yeah, I think probably race two, Playful Miss looks my best chance. OK. I tell you what, they've given you a challenge there with the Golden Nugget outside of the second row for my ultimate Ronnie. Can he overcome that? What did you make of that last start performance in the four-year-old Classic? Yeah, I think he can. It's obviously not an ideal draw. I would have loved a, a nice, close uh, front row draw with him, but probably prefer that than, you know, being out on, you know, six, seven, eight, nine out wide. Um, obviously, being 2,500, it's going to give us plenty of options to, to get into the race and just, um, you know, assess the speed of the race. He's a very versatile horse, so whether we have to make a move or we can use his speed late, we'll, um, you know, weigh that up as it goes. All right. Well, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, safe travels uh, in the next uh, 48 hours. And uh, we'll see you trackside Saturday night at Albion Park. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There's Cam Hart joining us, Steve. So uh, he's in the box seat. Uh, so Swayze's the horse to beat. And he, he thinks he's clearly got enough speed to hold uh, leap to fame. So how this race plays out early, anyone's guess. Yeah. Chris, so it's possible he could bring up the 1,000 on the night itself. Possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll know tonight if, if he gets some good success at Penrith. Um, maybe that sets him up really well. And I think tonight will be the key night to determine whether or not he'll get the 1,000 victories on Aussie soil 
possibly on Inter Dominion Grand Final night, maybe even the Inter Dominion itself. So he's picked up the drive on Hot and Treacherous. So that horse is set to change stables after Saturday night. He'll go to Jason Grimson, Hot and Treacherous. So Cam Hart will get a feel for him on Saturday night in the consolation. He's a he's a terrific chance to win the consolation. So it's going to be interesting. But we'll know tonight, I reckon. He's only 24. Yeah. Extraordinary, isn't yeah. it? And the prize yeah. money amassed by horses he's driven already from almost a thousand winners is twelve and a half million dollars. Mm. Mm. Yeah, very rarely he puts a, uh, a foot wrong in races. Um, he, he, he can put them into really good positions, and doesn't matter if they're favourite or you know ten to one shots or even real long shots. He, he puts them in in the right spot. Very rarely you'll see him in a in an awkward spot. Yeah, eleven Group ones already. Mm. Incredible. Great talent. Yeah. Great Our next talent. guest is with us. Well, I'm keen to chat with Mark Gurry because not only does he have one, he's got two. So what's better than one? Two. And that's the situation facing Mark Gurry here on Saturday night because he's got two runners qualified for the Inter-Dominion Trotting Championship Grand Final. Mufasa Metro ideally placed here gate one and he also owns Majestic Lavros for local trader Taylor Gillespie lining up in gate three. I'm sure he's got to be absolutely thrilled. He joins us now. Mark, good morning. Appreciate the time. Good morning, Chris. Um, yeah, definitely thrilled <laughs> with our question. Could, could, could you believe that? Like, not only are you here for this series, but you've got two runners qualified in the trotting grand final. That That's a great effort. Uh, yes, I could believe it, because um, MacArthur is obviously uh, ran second in the great Southern Star. He's definitely at that level. Um, Majestic Labros, I've been through the experience with uh, Sean, and, and also I've seen the way Taylor operates, and it's like a reflection of Sean, so it was pretty confident would you believe of actually making the final um and plus i think you'll have the horse ready and ripe for the for the final as well so you know i could actually believe it and um wouldn't say i was expecting it <laughs> in the case of Jessic labros but i definitely wasn't surprised that he made it um yeah. So if we turn back the clock, was it 2010 Kajanov for Sean Gillespie and yourself ran second behind the great Sundon's gift in the Melbourne Trotting Grand Final? Uh, that's right. We split uh, Sundon's gift and, and Sky Valley. Uh, so he actually ran third. But uh, yeah, that night we were a bit of a laughing stock. Um, uh, people were questioning where this horse came from. It uh, didn't really deserve a start. A lot of people missed out on the, missed out on the place in the finals. Uh, so we had dinner... Uh, upstairs um, uh, at Mooney Valley, huge crowd, over 20,000 people there. It's the last Mooney ever at Mooney Valley. Uh, so he, uh, so he's actually 260 to one, and we backed him into 140 to one um, each way. Uh, so anyway, so we had a really, really great night, and uh, yeah, we went back to the table afterwards, and all the ones that were criticising and questioning were actually there, so he couldn't you know, give them payback. Mm, almost as good as winning then, by the sound of it, that night. Oh, that's a, you know, just an absolute huge thrill. Um, I could see where it came from and, and 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 just the amount of effort that Sean put into getting him right for that night was just unbelievable. And I can see the reflection on Taylor as well, like she's like a mirror, like a mirror of her father. Um, yeah, so definitely in terms of thrills and harness racing, we came second in the Great Southern Star with uh, with Matasa Metro, but yeah, that, uh, that day at, at Mooney Valley, um, and when Kazi and I ran second, that was really my biggest thrill in harness racing. So it's fair to say then, Mark, that you're overdue for a big one. You've been a runner-up previously. You've been placed in a great Southern star. 
I don't think anyone could deny you if one of your trotters came away with a victory here on Saturday night. Oh, that's right. We're definitely going for first, not for second. Uh, some people say that you, know, you could just hand up to just believe and we could sit there for an easy run and, and then just sprint home. He's got a nice sprint. And, yeah, but we're definitely out first. Uh, so we're definitely trying to win. I win my first group one. I've never won a group one before, so we're definitely up here to win. Um, Is he beatable, just believe? Uh, it's amazing what happens in big races. Uh, so the way I see it is they will go to the lead and hold it. And I think Queen Lighter's got too much speed to just believe. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if he sat outside us. Um, if I suddenly just believe, I, I suddenly can't dictate the race, uh, which is what we'd like to see. We'd like to be able to dictate the speed of the race because just believe uh, we'll probably make it into a staying race. Uh, so, yeah, we can actually somehow dictate the race, uh, which Greg Sugars won't, won't like, obviously. Um, it'd be, be a big advantage and give it a much better chance of winning. And plus, our horse is a much better horse in front. But, mm. um, he raced... Yeah, go on. He's just believed the champion. I don't want to underrate just believe, and so is Queen of Leader. Both champion horses, and Greg Sugars is a champion raisman. But definitely we're doing absolute best to... Uh, that's a win. We are going for second, that's for sure. Excellent. Uh, just on Mufasa Metro, he went through last year's series. How much better is he this year compared to last year? Um, he hasn't improved uh, as much as as Queen Elite. It seems to have improved. She's improved a real lot. Uh, but, yeah, so he hadn't actually been fast worked up until um, uh, Tuesday this week, so... So he came up to Brisbane um, like one and a half weeks ago or whatever, and he hadn't actually been fast worked at all. Uh, so he got fast worked on the beach. Um, so John's staying with Vic Cross. Uh, it's probably the best workout that he's had uh, for a long, long time. So we think there's going to be cherry ripe. So how much has he improved? Uh, through the series, he wasn't really knocked about. Uh, and so both of those horses weren't knocked about, and Jesse Glovos and also and the South and Nissan weren't knocked about. So we're hoping uh, that you know they both carry right to the final. So he will, he'll definitely race at his best, and he seems to race best in the really big races when the pressure's on. Uh, so last year, as I said, or this year earlier, this year he came second in the Great Southern Star, started 150 to one, and no one gave him a chance. And that's the sort of races that he really excels in. So we're, um, yeah, so how much has he improved? Uh, yeah, uh, through the three heats, I was really like, you know, make sure we got a horse to the final. So uh, definitely trying to win, but he wasn't doing any gut busters or... Uh, but in terms of... It's really hard to judge, you know, until the final night to see how he goes in the final night. But he's beaten all those horses. So he's beaten Just Believe, and he's beaten Queen of Leader, and he's beaten... Uh, beaten Olivici, and he's beaten uh, Plymouth Chubb uh, as well. So he's, so he's beaten all those horses before. Uh, so... Yeah, I think, you know, I think in terms of judging now, I think the final night will be the night when it really shows uh, whether it has improved or not. OK, well, let me ask this question. With a lap left to run in Saturday night's Inter-Dominion Trotting Championship Grand Final, where would you like your horses to be positioned? Do you want Mufasa Metro in front? And where does that uh, leave Majestic Lavros? Um, Mufasa Metro will definitely be in front unless someone wants to, wants to commit, you know, hurry, curry. Uh, so he'll definitely be in front. He'll burn the gate. We've got lightning gate speed, so we're pretty confident he's going to be in front. Um, Majestic Leveroth, uh, the ideal would be 
three back uh, on the outside, or even two back if you could. Uh, but I think Queen Aluda and Just Believe will go forward. Um, or even on the fence, if you can slot onto the fence, the same as Kazinov did when he ran second in the Inter Dominion. That'd also be a good position to be, but um, it's just not too far back because we know they're going to be racing home at a really fast rate of knots. Um, yeah, so uh, so in the past the Metro in front, and then um, it's actually over probably three back on the outside or three back on the fence. All right, well, fingers crossed. Tell me this, I know one thing's for sure going forward. Uh, the kids, they were doing the, the barrier draws there on, on Monday afternoon. Surely they've got that job for life, coming up with barriers one and three. Outstanding job. Yeah, Lawrence, uh, there's, uh, my son, he actually chose number one last year as well, and somebody sent me oh. the stats. Actually, one in 169 chance that someone can do that. Uh, but he's chosen one and one uh, both years. Uh, so he's done the job, that's for sure. And uh, so we're speaking to Chris Lang, we're saying maybe, maybe we can grant him out to you next uh, next year. We haven't got a place <laughs> in the like, you know, we can, we can do a bit of an earner and make some money. Uh, picking yeah, the area. absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Your love for harness racing, uh, it, it's very obvious. Where did it all start for Mark Gurry? Uh, I started back in the days as a showground, and, and my father was a bit of a fan of harness racing. Um, yeah, so we used to go to the showgrounds on a regular basis and, and we used to have a farm at Ararat and we would actually have horses being adjusted on our farm. Now, them being uh, 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 horses like Sporting Sun and other horses would be there uh, being adjusted on the farm. Uh, so it really came from there. It's just a passion for the sport, love the sport. Uh, yeah, so we've sponsored races for a long time, Mildura. Uh, and also Cranbourne and, and Victorian Harness Racing Club, you know, so I like putting him to that side of the fence as well. Uh, but more recently, I had a couple of kids, so I sort of dropped away uh, from owning horses for about 10 years, we're concentrating the kids, and now we're getting back into it again. And, and so it's great to be able to have the kids, uh, like at an age, where they can start to enjoy it as well, where so I can take them along mm. and buy some horses and, and just enjoy the whole, you know, whole thing. But, uh, Yes, I've been passionate for a long, long time. Uh, maybe, I don't know, like 40 years or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and with John Justice and the Gillespies, uh, how did that all come about? Uh, the Gillespies, um, yeah, so we had some horses. Had, they had a horse called Mojo Ambrose Scott. Um, you sent him up here. It wasn't quite good enough for Victoria. It wasn't really uh, very competitive. So I sent him up here thinking that the standard would be less, but as it turns out, the standard is not as less as what people think. I think the Queensland horses have always been reasonably strong. Um, yeah, sent him up here and, and and Sean trained him. I was given his name by a friend of mine called Dave Gowdy. Uh, so yeah, sent him up and then Sean did an unbelievable job and just as a person, he's like a really good person. And the thing that I really liked about him was the way he looked after the horses. Uh, so when we brought Majestic Leveros as an example, uh, Kiprock said, you know, it's very important to look after the horse after he's finished racing. Uh, so we're very much into that sort of things as well, to make sure all the horses are really well looked after. And I just saw uh, saw the care that uh, uh, that uh, Sean and also Taylor are the same now. Uh, the amount of care they put into the horses after they finished racing, or, in, or even when they're racing. Uh, like, you know, just, they really care for them, you can see that. And the same with John Justice. Uh, John Justice, like, you know, he's a, 
is obviously a champion trainer, had many, many, many winners sort of thing, but he's also not putting horses through like a production line. He's putting them through as, as you know, like everyone's an individual and, and trains them all a little bit differently depending on their strengths and weaknesses and doesn't, and doesn't overwork them if they can't take it. And, and just a care factor. Uh, so that's probably the main reason why I like those two trainers. Plus, they're very good trainers, you know, in terms of results and and so on. The industry, I wish you all the very best of luck there on Saturday night. It's a, a huge feat. Not only one, but as I said, two runners qualified for an Inter-Dominion trotting grand final. You're close, you're overdue, so hopefully Saturday night, luck is on your side. Yeah, thanks very much, Chris. And I love your show too, by the way. I've been listening frequently now. We've got horses up in up in Queensland. I really enjoy it. So that's uh, it's a great show. But uh, thanks very much for that, Jill. We'll definitely uh, do our best. Yep, absolutely. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. We'll see you trackside on Saturday night. So okay, there's mate, Mark Gurry joining us, Steve. Yep, Mark Gurry joining us. So two runners qualified: Mufasa Metro and Majestic Lavros. Speaking of owners, Steve, mm. what about this for a story? This horse was bored uh, just to have a bit of fun. There's 10 people involved in this horse. They purchased him from New Zealand. I'm not sure how much they paid. I'm, I'm tipping he wasn't super expensive. He's lining up in an Inter-Dominion pacing grand final on Saturday night. He'll go around as one of the roughies, but do you think that's going to matter to the connections involved? No, it's the fact that he's there and they've scaled the biggest possible mountain. So we're talking about one of the locals in classy Washington, trained by Darren Garrard. Angus Garrard, who's only, what, 20 years of age, is lining up in an Inter-Dominion pacing grand final. And one of the co-owners is about to join us now, Chris Essex. He joins us online. Chris, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Yeah, I'm really well. Have your feet touched the ground? <laughs> no, I think we're, we're still pinching ourselves, really. It's... Um... It's been just such a, a wonderful uh, carnival thus far. And, I, I, you know, last last week I did speak to Darren and we were just having a bit of a giggle. I, I said to him, mate, 20, 12 months ago, talking about classy, we wouldn't have said, oh, well, there's a fair chance we're going to end up in the Inter-Dominion next year. And uh, here we are. So, yeah, no, not really, mate, but... Um, Great bunch of owners, and uh, we're all having a time of our life at the moment. Well, Chris, it's Steve. Just take us back to how you, who found the horse. You know, what sort of money did you pay for him? What was the form like? Classy Washington. You know, I can't uh, take too much credit, Steve, with uh, with the purchase of the horse. I mean, Darren and, and Angus and Carl all did the legwork there from New Zealand. Um, wasn't an overly expensive horse. I think he was around the $40,000 mark. Um you know, but they, they did all that legwork and then they, they could see some potential there. And uh, when he did arrive, he did, had 21 starts and only one win, and that was on the grass over there. So um, still, they, they saw something there and um, they've certainly been very patient with the horse too and uh, just give him every chance to, um, to to run like he's running right now. He's, he's just performing outstandingly well, you know. Mm. He's banked over 100000 now since being here in Australia, in Queensland. And the best thing about it for, for Saturday night, Chris, he hasn't just, you know, snuck into the grand final, you know, or or just, you know, jumped across the line to, to sneak in that last spot. He's been enormous. He's been beaten in two of, the, two of the heats, both times behind the star Victorian Better Eclipse, and the other time he ran fourth and he went exceptionally well. So he's been so good throughout the series. Outstanding, um, you know what? What a thrill! Like even 
his run last Saturday, you know, he, he went to the lead and, and led, led nearly all the way around. Um, and mind you, at 100 to 1 too, so I was getting quite excited in the straight. But, um, he's, uh, yeah, he's just had an outstanding carnival. And, you know, he's just such a little private horse. He, he's just... The more work you give him, the, the more he loves it. Now, I think he's just a happy horse, and that's the secret. You know, they've got, um, you know, Garrett Racing just got him feeling great, and he's just he's just loving everything he's doing, and, and it's showing out on the track. It's just um, it's really exciting. Mm. It's a great test for uh, horse and driver and trainer, uh, everyone involved when it comes to an inter-dominion. I'll tell you one thing, uh, for Darren and Angus, Angus in particular, he's thrived through uh, this series. He, he hasn't put in a bad one yet. Absolutely not. Like, he's, he's very cool and calm, collected. I, I just, um, he's outstanding, as you mentioned there before, he's 20 years old. And the experience um, that he's shown is just, you know, I, I wouldn't trade him for anybody. <laughs> he's doing such a great job. He's had an outstanding carnival, as you say. And what a thrill to drive him to the Dominions on Saturday, as we are talking about it. I'm just saying, very, yeah. very happy for him. Yeah, not just one. He's got the uh, the trotter lining up as well in, in Sir Fahrenheit. So with this ownership group of 10, are they all going to be trackside Saturday night? Uh not everybody. Uh, unfortunately, Vivian, uh, my fish is over in the US, uh, but she'll she'll definitely be um, be watching it in some way or shape or form. Um, she absolutely loves the horse, so it's, it's I think she's a bit devastated that she's not here. Um, but she'll be watching somewhere over there, mate. Yeah, you've been involved in racing for a long time. This is your business. One Eek One is your business, so you're heavily involved in racing what is it about harness racing that draws you to it and you're prepared to put up your own money and race some horses oh i just love the industry the harness industry you know i i, I own thoroughbreds as well you know and, and i still do and I, and I love i love both sports but uh, i think um the harness industry the people in the industry are just really you know solid of the earth people just really good people and, and easily um, get along with them, and and they're quite supportive. The whole community is supportive of each other. I think, um, you know, which is it, it's just so good to see. It's just a great feel. You know, I, I love going to the trots. Um, I love coming to the trots as well, and I think that is why. You know, it's just uh, everybody's. You know, you can have a conversation with anybody and have a great time. It's just a really good night. Yeah, I think the more you talk to the on the race horse, so you know, <laughs> to make them not complete really. Yep, especially one that's lining up in an Inter-Dominion pacing grand final. You'll take that. Oh, I might help with some of the marketing moving on, mate. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, look, we won't quite. It's, um, we've been around for a little while, but, um, you know, we've had a fair bit of development work go on with it. You know, what works, what doesn't. Some really honest feedback. Darren's always good with that. and Everybody knows Darren. He, he's straight to the point. So, you know, he gives me some really good feedback on our products and, you know, we get in there and we develop it, um, and you know, and we see what works and what doesn't. And I think you know, we've got a really nice little selection there at the moment. Um, you know, we're seeing the results as well with, with the horses responding and whatnot. So, yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, awesome. I really appreciate the time this morning, Chris. We'll see you trackside on Saturday night. Yeah, you certainly will. Thanks so much for having me on. No pleasure. There's Chris Essex, one of the co-owners of Classy Washington, flying the flag for Queensland as well, Steve. He, he might be going around at uh, big odds, but 
I think he'll run a race. He's perfectly drawn inside of the second row. Distance, no worry. He'll get that easy trip on the peg. So hopefully he can easily run top five. Who's the best sports commentator in Australia right now or has been for years? Uh, Bruce McAvaney. Yeah. I was, he texted me mm. this morning. He wanted a contact number, which I sent him, and he made the comment, go leap to fame. He's a fan, Chris. Yeah, well. He's a fan. I, I think we all are. It, <laughs> it, it would be enormous if he could win this series, given the way he's got through the heats, but the fact that it's in his own backyard as well, I think it would be a really special moment there on Saturday night if he could clean sweep the series in his own backyard. But it's going to be a big challenge because of the barrier draw now. So he's hoping that he gets the job done. But I think everyone there on course will have uh, some sort of soft spot mm. for him on Saturday but Chris, night. Chris, as I said earlier in the week, has people got him pigeonholed a bit, this horse, um, you know, that he's going to be up doing it tough like we've seen him in so many races and sometimes he's vulnerable given the, the quarters they run when he's outside lead and so on. And we know circumstances with a few other defeats as well. But we keep saying we have seen him in the past come off the arm negative, get on the back of something and sprint brilliantly from back in the field. I mean, could something play out like that where, you know, he could be covered up and sprint late at them possibly and we go back to that sunshine sprint where yes. he was absolutely brilliant on that occasion but that was a mile there was pressure throughout this race is an extra 1000 meters so it's 2600 so if he goes back steve let me put it to you like this just sort of playing devil's advocate if he goes back and drives in for cover drives in for one sprint and swayze's out in front who's applying the pressure to swayze to allow Leap to Fame to produce that dynamic turn of foot that he's got, that he showed when he won the Sunshine Sprint. That's the concern. There's nothing there to force the issue for Swayze. So that's why I think everyone's got Leap to Fame pegged outside of Swayze forcing the issue. Oh, I understand, yeah. Yeah, if Swayze's up front and getting a few easy quarters, well, yeah, it's going to be impossible, isn't it? Uh, but it's going to be a great yeah. contest. Matty Young, I wonder what he's going yeah. for. Yeah, let's ask him. Matty, good morning. Good morning to you, boys. Who wins uh, and why? Uh, well, yeah. Look, I want I want Lake to Fame to win. Um, he's just such a an amazing horse, and his run on the Victoria Cup being beaten was one of the better runs I've seen. So, um, I've probably got him pigeonholed, I guess you could say, as being that workhorse in the race, and I think he's going to have to do it again. So. Um, I want him to win, but I just think Grimson, big race, Swayze, barrier draw, speed to work forward and get to the top. He's going to be hard to run down. But yeah, I think my head's telling me Swayze, my heart's saying wait to phone. Just to both of you, Chris, is there anything in the race that's, that needs to be driven a bit tough that hasn't got the turn of foot that potentially could go up and sit somewhere handy early and grind away? Nope. Fair enough. <laughs> Next question. There's just, there's just none of those sort of horses, Steve, that can, you know, maintain the pressure to Swayze. So they're all sort of sit-sprint types. They're all going to be largely at long odds, and I think they'll be driven accordingly. I know it's a, a big race and things can change, but I just can't see anything applying pressure to Swayze or maintaining constant pressure throughout. Fair enough. Yeah. Latest prices, 240 Leap to Fame, 220 Swayze. Do you think they'll get closer, Chris, or what do you think? Do you think Swayze will, 
or remain around that price? I'm certain Swayze's going to jump favourite. There's no question about that because of the barrier draw. So he'll run favourite, and rightly so, because he's beaten Leap, uh, he's beaten, uh, he's beaten Leap to fame earlier this year, and the Blacks are fake, and his form hasn't gone backwards. He's gone to New Zealand, conquered their biggest race over there. So, And given the fact that he's drawn inside him, and Cam Hart's comments earlier, he, he doesn't give Leap to fame any chance of getting in front of him there at the start. So I think Swayze will run favourite. Matty, you're going to see the gun driver. We just had him on earlier, Cam Hart in the West. Yeah, he's uh, got, a, got a little bit of a task ahead of him with Miles and Ronnie from the draw. And uh, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, like being defeated the way he was, it was it was going to be a, a concern unless he drew one. So um, it, it's going to be a really interesting race to see if he can bounce back to his absolute best. So they changed the way they drove him. They put him in the breeze last start to how that things unfold. Uh, it's a really fascinating barrier draw for the Golden Nuggets. So um, we've seen Cam have success over here in the West before, of course, with better zip it, but uh, he also had a few lead-up drives and he drove really well in those races too. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a really fascinating race. So who wins and why for the Golden Nugget tomorrow night? As you said, the barrier draw couldn't have panned out any better. It's really opened this race up. So there's value galore here. Absolutely right. Uh, if you can, if you if you do like something, there's a, a decent price about it. There's been some good early money with Tab Touch with uh, Soho Dow Jones has been twelve dollars into about four dollars twenty, um, which is. A good move from gate number one, Mick Stanley coming across to Perth to drive this horse. And um, look, I'm sticking with Wonderful to Fly uh, just because I think uh, she can be that sniper and let things unfold. And I think if uh, the races run to suit, which a lot of uh, high-profiled races are run to suit, especially with this barrier draw, there could be a few horses that are potentially overdriven. And I think she's capable enough of being able to sprint over the top of them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with her, but that could be another one where head and heart have got uh, mixed up again. So how much early pressure do you see here when you look at that front row? How many horses are likely to charge forward and, and you know, tackle hard for the lead? Well, I think so. Hey, Dow Jones has got the speed to hold up. Uh, Star Casino will probably have a look at it early because uh, they'll be trying to get forward and trying to... Uh, potentially run to the top. He looks like a type of horse that could potentially run pretty a, a pretty decent race in front. Tricky Mickey may be driven forward um, with a better barrier draw. Ruben's plight has got some gate speed, but has never raced over the distance. Luca has got some gate speed as well. So you, you're looking at the first five uh, getting involved early, and then it's how long, how much time do they invest in trying to find those positions as to how much pressure's in the race. And uh, all in the meanwhile, if uh, the one tries to hold up, then you've got Hoppy's Ways right on its back. El Capone's a better horse on the pegs, so probably goes three back the pegs. And Miles from at Ronnie's just watching things unfold. So the barrier draw with the way the race has panned out is probably a really good draw for him because he'll be able to just to let things unfold and watch it. But, yeah, I, I do see some speed off the front line. Even You're So Fine might try and charge off the arm from the outside draw with Gary Hall Jr. So uh, plenty plenty of uh, action early, I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fascinating race. So 310 favourite, my ultimate Ronnie. 
Could you entertain that quote right now on what you saw first up in that four-year-old classic and given where he's drawn? Probably not what I saw first up in WA. It's not really a, a price I'd want to take, but on the horse's ability and what he's done prior to that and the way the map works, I think $3.10 is not a bad price uh, about this horse. So, um, as we mentioned, Cam's driven at this track before. He's won at the 2,500 metres. He made the, the moves at the right time with better zip it. Um, so I think he's, he's got the grounding to be able to make the move whenever he wants to with a horse who's got that good depth uh, in the race. So I think it'll be tempo-dependent, but he's definitely uh, juicy enough odds if you wish to have another look at him and, and forgive him for that first-up effort in WA. All right, but $6, two ten the plays, wonderful to fly. We can't go wrong. I'd like to say we can't go wrong. Um, yeah, I think she'll run a really good race. It's, she's hard to bet on, considering if you didn't back her last time at the $21, then you're taking unders from a trickier draw here. But I think I think her, I think even taking the Mickey, the Mayors have proven that uh, they're right up to this grade. And even from tricky draws, they're, they're both they're going to run fantastic races. All right, it's a nine-race program tomorrow night at GP. What is the best bet? Race two, number one, Armorax Factor, I thought... Uh, his first up run was full of merit. He's got a really good opportunity to be able to either lead or be close enough to the speed. And I think from there, he'll run a pretty good race. So race two, number one, Armour X Factor is my best on the card. All right, get it nice and early. Race two, number one for Colin and Madison Brown. Maddie, enjoy Golden Nugget Night tomorrow night and we'll catch up soon. Cheers, guys.